Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Thanks for joining us on SEN 1170 AM in Sydney, wherever you've got us on the SEN app. Come and join the show for the next three hours. 0457 736 736 is the text line. 1300 1170 as you know, is the open line. And this morning I'm inviting you to do a Mitchell Johnson if you want and just tee off. You don't necessarily have to tee off on David Warner because Mitchell Johnson has done an epic spray on David Warner. But I'm going to get you to tee off on any of the issues that you think needs teeing off on. And there are quite a few ahead of us this morning, starting with, of course, that huge spray. We'll get to that in just a second because... It was one for the ages. He has not missed. Now, whether or not you're on Mitchell Johnson's side or David Warner's side or the selector's side, you've got to take it for what it is, which is airing some pretty, pretty dirty laundry. Um, As far as sporting tee-offs goes, I haven't seen one kind of like that for a long, long time. Meanwhile, Australia have named their squad, of course, to meet Pakistan. So the first test in Perth starts next Thursday. Before that, we've got the Prime Minister's eleven starting this Wednesday down at Manuka Oval. And there we'll learn some more questions or some answers, rather, about the openers that are in the frame for the West Indies series and beyond. Man, cricket just keeps on giving. Pakistan have had their own trouble along the way as well. And in T20s last night, India defeated Australia by six runs in the final match of that T20 International Series, a dead rubber. So that's what's going on in the world of cricket. In rugby league, Wayne Bennett, not surprisingly, has put his hand up for the Kiwis job. Now, if you're with us last week, when all this was going on, we said, hang on a second, all of the focused focus at New Zealand rugby league is about, on one side, possibly having a Kiwi coach for the national job. Now, I said, well, hang on a second. What about Wayne Bennett? What if he puts his hand up? Does that change the game plan and the rules that the Kiwis are looking at? We'll take a look at that a little bit closer and get your thoughts. Are we, are we joining the dots correctly on this one? Are we putting two and two together and coming up with five? Or is it just now that Wayne Bennett's in the mix? The whole thing changes. Will the New Zealand Rugby League change its way of thinking around what the priorities are the priorities that they've set are for their next coach now that the super coach wants the job. And let's make it clear, Wayne Bennett wants the job. He doesn't put his hand up to say, kick it to me. He's done this before and clearly he wants the job and he's doing this through the media. There's a lot going on. Commonwealth Games, you may have heard in the news that the Gold Coast Mayor Tom Tate has finally and officially pulled out of the bid for any running of the 2026 Commonwealth Games. Ditched by Victoria, everybody's thrown their hat in the ring, but nobody's really been able to do it. And Tom Tate was never going to pull this off, even with that audacious, if not weird, co-hosting bid with Perth.
I'll give him this. Ten points for trying, Tom. And you got some good good headlines out of it, some really good column inches out of this, and you had a proper crack. So I'll give you ten points for trying. But it was never going to happen. And now it's another nail in the coffin, unfortunately, for the Commonwealth Games. He said, in simple terms, it seems our game's vision doesn't align with the vision of the state or federal governments. In simple terms, what that really means is they didn't want to pay for it. And no matter how much money or support or whatever it could get from another mayor on the other side of the country or a billionaire, it was never going to happen if the state or federal governments weren't going to back it. And the state or federal governments were never going to back it. You cannot run a Commonwealth Games without their backing. He said our dual proposal with Perth would have saved Australia's tarnished reputation, delivered billions into the national economy and given athletes and para-athletes a clear pathway towards other international competitions, including the 28 LA Games and Paralympics and then on to the 2032 Games in Queensland. It all sounds good, but that's the last you'll hear of it now. <clears throat> He's run out of puff, Tom, and... Any other mayor around the country won't have anything left to be able to say because they've all realised that without, <clears throat> excuse me, state or federal government money, the thing ain't going to happen. And that money was never there. So we've been dragged along for that one and saving our tarnished reputation and delivering billions into the national economy may need to be clarified a little bit further. Let's go straight to the open line, one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. this morning. We're going to tee off on whatever you want. Now, you can tee off in a good way or you can just start swinging. Steve, you can go first. Good morning. Well, I've got the one word out, mate. I'm having a big crack at Channel 9 for the coverage of the PGA yesterday afternoon. Of the Open? Five o'clock, yep. it's on the main channel. And then, with it, well, this is down here in the Victorian market. Without any information, without any warning, they just turned to that unnecessary five o'clock news bulletin. Hmm. You didn't know where it went. You had to find it yourself on 9Gen, which in a lot of markets is still in glorious standard definition. Okay, this is an interesting one, Steve. So when this happened, this is exactly at the same time that I turned on. So I was doing a whole bunch of stuff yesterday and keeping my eyes on it, and then I turned on just on the scores, and then I turned on Channel 9's coverage, and I'm in a regional area at the moment, so I turned on Channel 9's, the main channel's coverage, at exactly the same time that you're talking about. And they went to the 5 o'clock news, so I didn't get any warning because that's when I turned on. So then I had to go and uh, fiddle around, and I found 9Gem, which I can get in HD. And I went over there. So that's, that's where I found it. So you're saying that the normal, um, you know, if, you're, if you want to keep watching Switch Over, that didn't happen? No, I didn't see any of that. But, like, yeah. I think if Channel 9 want to pay all of this money... So to show these events, surely there has to be something that says they either start it on one and leave it on one or put it on the main channel. It's like there would have been a whole lot of people, but maybe older folk, that didn't know how to find Nine Gem or didn't know to go to Nine Gem, and they just thought, oh, OK. And they sit down and watch an unnecessary news bulletin that's repeated an hour later. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, it's a different one. It's the 5 o'clock news bulletin. So, look, I understand what you're saying. It was a co-production. It would have been a production out of Golf Australia and it was uh, a simulcast broadcast, essentially, 
on Fox Sports as well. So the only way that I can think of, mate, because I, I watched that back end all the way through to its conclusion yesterday, and I thought the coverage was good. And was as a mate of mine, and so too is Paul Gow, and I thought that the commentary did it justice. I think that they're probably one of the best commentary teams that we've had for a long time. Putting that aside, where it goes and where you find it and where it should be is a different argument. And I would say the complexity around that is that it wasn't a Channel 9 broadcast. It was being broadcast on Channel 9. But when you're the broadcaster, you have the responsibility to then make sure that your viewers know where it's going. I totally agree with that. And why they didn't do that is only an answer that Channel 9 can give us. So we might hunt that down for you, mate. That'd be good. Hey, the irony of the whole thing, and I, I agree that like the broadcast itself was amazing. I watched it on Fox. Um, yep. But the irony of, of hearing um, Warren Smith on Channel 9, that just did be heading a little bit. <laughs> i tell you one thing that I, that I thought that they could have done yesterday is when you're tracking, because the men's and women's obviously playing together, and let me know if you thought this way, but once the focus started to get down to those couple of last holes on the women's, which was fascinating, and it was incredible to watch it play out, that therefore you can't, it makes it harder to go and track what's happening behind and in the men's. So whilst that was going on, the women's, Minwoo Lee in particular was finding himself in trouble, but we didn't see how he got there. Now, you can't have two broadcasts going on, but what you can do is put it in a little window, put the screen in the screen, the picture in picture. And what I would have liked to have seen is, say, on the top right or bottom right, uh, sorry, bottom right or top left, wherever it is, a little window that shows us also what's going on with the men. So I was happy to watch the women finish, and we're going to speak to Ash Buhai this morning. I was really happy to watch that gripping finale, but I would have liked to have seen what was going on live at the same time with Min Lee and his group? Well, like Fox do it every Bathurst. You know, that when, when, when there's an ad, they still have, the, they still have it mm-hmm. shown in the bottom right-hand corner. Oh, I, I love my golf. But, and I, I love my golf. And it was great that the men and women played together. But as a viewer of golf, I think it detracted running them concurrently, detracted from both events, because we only got to see half of both events. Um, and there's no way around that. Um, if oh, they want to run them together, they're going to run them together. Yeah, no, there's, there's ways around it, mate. There's definitely ways around it. They're hard and they're difficult and you'll get slammed either way. And believe me, I've been in that position. So there's ways around it. I personally would have liked to have seen what else was going on with the men's group behind and it would have been vice versa. If the men were finishing and the women were behind there, then I would have liked to have seen that. Um, but there's definitely ways around it. But I appreciate that one, 300, mate. I'll, I'll, we'll see what Channel 9 are thinking and, and why they didn't let anyone know. Um, but I reckon it's just gone through to the keeper and it's probably a bit of a clash between what happened with the fact that it was on Fox and 9 at the same time and you can't speak to one audience while you're speaking to two, if that makes any sense. Any sense. Thank you, Steve. I appreciate it. one three hundred oh one. 11.70 is the open line number. As I mentioned, the Women's Australian Open champion back-to-back. Ashley Buhai will join me a little bit later on this morning. Bryce McGain will have everything covered in cricket. Alex Brosk will be with us to talk football and Larry Canning to wrap up the Australian Open. So, Mitchell Johnson, as I said, has not missed on David Warner. He said, does this really warrant a swan song?
a possible farewell test at the SCG. A last hurrah against Pakistan that was forecast a year in advance as if he was bigger than the game in the Australian cricket team. These are Mitchell Johnson's words. It's been five years and Warner has still never really owned the ball tampering scandal. Now the way he's going out is underpinned by more of the same arrogance and disrespect to our country. Like I said, he hasn't missed. Also suggested that fans in Sydney will have to bring cuts of sandpaper to wave in the same way that the fans in the stands did with red hankies when Steve Waugh played his final test. He said, what will fans bring for Warner? Bunnings would sell out of sandpaper. Ultimately, an international cricket career is not just about your statistical achievements with bat or ball. How you held yourself and how you played the game will live long after you depart. In response, Chief Selector George Bailey, who Johnson also questioned about whether or not him and others were too close to the playing group, said, I hope he's OK, which is a pretty good slap down. But then he also said this, my only observation would be if someone can show me how being distant and unaware of what players are going through and what the plans are with their team and coaching staff, how that's more beneficial, I'd be all ears. As in... If you can tell me why what Mitchell Johnson is saying when he has nothing to do with the playing group, is unaware of what we're planning and what we're doing as a team and as coaching staff, if you can tell me how that's going to be beneficial to this team, then I'm all ears. But clearly he's saying when you're that far removed from the group and what's going on, then we shouldn't be listening because there's no benefit around it. We still think that David Warner is in our best 11 players to win the first test. That's what George Bailey said, and they have selected him. Let me know your thoughts on that. one three hundred oh one eleven seventy is the open line, or 0457-736-736, that text line. So Wayne Bennett's declared that he's interested in taking over as coach of New Zealand. As we know, former Kiwi captain Nathan Kayla, Stacey Jones are the leading contenders for the position. I'm just trying to work out here if the New Zealand Rugby League and their CEO, Greg Peters, is on the same line of thinking as to why they didn't want to go down Michael Maguire, but will entertain a Wayne Bennett. Yes, Michael Maguire is now coach of New South Wales. And yes, that's got a direct influence, if you like, on the pathways of an Australian player. Here's what Greg Peters had to say last week on SENZ about the Michael Maguire situation and also where they were thinking or what they were thinking in terms of which way they wanted to go and why they didn't want to go with match. First and foremost, we absolutely wanted to keep Michael. It was his decision to step away from the job with the Kiwis. He's done a fantastic job over the five years he's been in the role. And obviously um, the recent victory against Australia and winning the Pacific Championships first time is, uh, was pretty special for the group. The two roles, very difficult to reconcile when you've got team in Australia that many people would put ahead of the kangaroos and at the top of the pecking order. Um, as a pathway team in Australia and reconciling that with where we want the Kiwis jersey to be which is top of the top of the pecking order, preeminent status of international football and we want someone who's 100% focused on that role and not having half an eye on, a, on an Australian pathway team over the ditch. Well I, I don't like to call it an ultimatum as such but, but we certainly aired our views and it's not just uh, you know my view or the board's view, it's uh, 
strongly held view amongst the current player group and, and a number of former players that we spoke to that the two roles were incompatible. So they were the reasons why Michael Maguire wouldn't be considered essentially. I mean, it was an ultimatum in the end and, and Michael Maguire had to make that choice and he did so. But then on the weekend, Paul Conlon has said that the coaching appointment is five months each year for Michael Maguire. It's from March the 1st until July each year for 2024 and 25 and possibly 26 as a trigger for a third year. So the New South Wales job is a five-month contract each year, March until July. Wayne Bennett next year, which would be his last year, would have a 24-7 NRL coaching job. And, of course, they don't play until October. So I'm just wondering if they're thinking now, hang on a second, our priorities, which is what we said last, last week about Australian pathways, remain. But would not Wayne Bennett have an influence anyway on where a player could play and what path that player could take, either state of origin, Australia, New Zealand? It's just like they kind of wanted it both ways on this one. And they've made their choice and that's fine. And Madge has made his choice and he's happy with it, but he did want to continue with that New Zealand coaching job. And now that Wayne Bennett's in the picture, the New Zealand Rugby League have said, well, I think we should consider who the best coach is going to be. It's an interesting scenario, that one. one three hundred oh one eleven seventy is the open line number, 0457 736 736. You can tee off this morning if you want. Speaking of golf, there's a fair bit going on there that will affect you. If you hit a golf ball on a weekend or during the week, if you're a club golfer, just a part-time golfer, there are rule changes coming that will not only affect Tiger Woods, not only affect Scotty Scheffler, it'll affect Joe Blow out there hitting a golf ball. It'll affect me. It'll affect every single ball that's sitting in my bag. It will make them obsolete. I'll tee off on that after this.